And I remember one particular day, I sent out an email to everybody on the list with new information, and I got back an email that said, David, thanks for the information, really appreciate it. I'm probably not going to do anything right away. And unbeknownst to me, that email somehow not only went to me, but it went out to everybody on the list. So suddenly mm -hmm. this one person who sent an email thought it was going to me went out to thousands of people on my email list. So didn't realize it at first until I got a third email. And the third email said, hey, why are you telling me uh, information for David? Why am I getting this email? So suddenly that third person's email also went to thousands of people. So suddenly I'm sensing there's a problem here and a big problem. And then there was a fourth email that said, are you guys stupid? Why are you sending this to everybody in the list? These should all be going to David. Then the expletives started coming out. And about 12 or 13 emails later, people were cursing up a storm, yelling at me, saying you're the most incompetent person. What kind of business are you, are you running over here where people are getting wow. my emails and you're giving it out? And in that one, it was about a two-hour period that these were going back and forth. And that one two-hour period probably set me back a full two years. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Well, you know, it's interesting. Today we have David Ricklin on the show. Now, David started the largest self-improvement website in the world with over almost 400,000 articles called self growth.com but one of the things that really david and i talk about in our interview and he has so much information that he shares during this show is about taking action and my encouragement for you is that if you haven't completed or participated in some of the crg tools or resources in the past or you haven't acted on them please take action is doing nothing and thinking about it we all have great ideas but if we don't act on that if we don't take action or take the next step then how has it benefited us so uh, thank you in advance for considering that on how we can take you to the next level through one of our tools maybe it's a personal style indicator the values the self-worth the stress indicator and health plan or maybe it's a leadership skills maybe it's for your whole team your for all your whole company so we thank you for listening here is today's show with David Rickland. Well, today's guest is very influential in the self-development space. In fact, his site, Self Growth, is the number one site for self-improvement in the world with now nearly 400,000 articles and over 30,000 expert, experts. Well, we'll hear from him as far as how did this all happen and how he got into the space and also recommendations for you about how do you take your life to the next level. Welcome, David Rickland. David, how are you doing? I am excellent. Excited about being here, Ken. Well, and you're in New Jersey. I'm in Vancouver, so we're on both sides of North America as we record this. Don't you love technology and how it's changed this world of self-development and information products? It is amazing in how much it brings people together, so much closer together. And then virtually it enables anybody anywhere to connect with people relatively inexpensively. It's, it's changed so dramatically from when I was growing up, the, and the world's continuing to change it at such a rapid pace. 
That's amazing. And just even here, and you know, our podcast is moving into its fourth year, where it's gone just in the last 12 or 24 months, and just the the sheer volume of new shows coming on, all new cars now have a podcast button right in the front display. And so that's how they're going to get their information. And so as aggregators or collectors, or people that focus on helping others, it is an exciting, exciting time. So David, how did you, uh, what we like for our listeners is a little bit of your story. So where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born and raised in Yonkers, New York. It's just uh, a few minutes north of New York City in the suburbs. Uh, my parents are actually from Brooklyn. And a, a quick thing, if you want to know about Brooklyn, one out of seven Americans, or at least one out of seven people in the United States have their roots in Brooklyn. So family started in Brooklyn. They moved me out and raised me in Yonkers, New York, went to school there. Uh, my whole life went to college in New York State and continued and started my career there. And now what did your parents do for a living? My father was a psychologist, a clinical psychologist, which definitely had an impact on me. Uh, and my mom, the best way of describing, she was officially a stay-at-home mom, but a junior psychologist, a junior doctor. She had a, a wide range of, of backgrounds that led to her parenting skills. Oh, well, there you go. And you seem to have turned out okay. So far, so good. I'm still alive, <laughs> so uh, the game's not over, as I like to say. Yeah, of course, of course. And we like to have some fun on the show, too. So, David, you went into college. What did you take in college when you first went? I actually ended up with a chemical engineering degree. I always had an interest in the sciences and science and math. And at the time when I was going to school, chemical engineering was the highest paid salary for any of the, the academic studies that you have. So I said, you know what? This sounds good. Chemical engineering its the highest paid position. I'm going to get one of those degrees. Uh, little did I know the Quite a few other people had that idea a little bit before me. So by the time I graduated, there was already a glut of chemical engineers in the marketplace, and the, the market took a hit. So I ended up changing careers just about after graduation. Wow. And, and that does happen for those of us that have gone to university where what we thought, something else has happened. So what, what, where did you shift to, and what did you do after that uh, moment of transition in life? I'll give you one of those quick stories that helps define who you are, and, and you don't really know where things are going to happen and, and why. Uh, at the time, I still was very much into technology. I had this chemical engineering degree, and uh, I decided I was going to take a master's degree in computer science. And my parents said I could live at home if I wanted to take the master's degree, so I started this master's degree, also in New York, at a, a small college called Iona College. And while I was there, uh, my dad saw that I was going to school primarily in the evenings, and I was spending the summer, it was the summertime, I was spending most of it at the beach. So one day he came to me and said, David, I see that you're primarily focused at school at night. Can you take a day with me and go to a computer retail store? Mm. And I said, you know, Dad, I'm kind of busy. I'm doing all this stuff. He's like, well, you're living with me. I need you to go to the computer store. Come to the store with me. So I ended up going to this computer store with him to help him buy a computer. And while I was there, I was asking questions to the computer salesman. And my dad turns to the salesman and he said, do you know if your company's hiring anybody? 
And I immediately saw my dad was on this mission of getting me a a job during the day. And I said, Dad, I'm not that interested. And he continued this line of questioning to the the salesman. He says, as a manager there, can my son talk to him about a potential job? And literally a week later, I found myself selling computers in this computer retail store. Oh, man. You talk about Uh, a father with a little psychology doing that. Yes, yes. So suddenly my trajectory started changing or shifting. I was still doing the computers in the evening, still doing the masters. And I decided at that point, if I'm going to do this and and pursue sales and technology, I might as well go to work for a major company. So I ended up getting a job with Hewlett Packard who at the time and still is one of the top companies to work for. And I I continued at HP for a number of years selling uh, computer and technology to engineers and scientists. So so I got to use some of my chemical engineering. I was developing sales skills, and and I got out a bit. So it was a a good combination of skills for me to develop. And an interesting story, because obviously I'm not here to talk about chemical engineering or even sales today, uh, I ended up going, as you mentioned, selfgrowth.com and the whole self-improvement arena. And it was an interesting story how that happened. While I was at Hewlett-Packard, they started sending me to training courses to improve my skills. Mm. And one of the courses they sent me to was a Dale Carnegie course right. called Effective Speaking and Human Relations. And are you familiar with Dale Carnegie? Take any Absolutely. of his courses or books? Absolutely. Did you ever do the Dale Carnegie course or just the, the books and other stuff? Just the books, but oddly enough, I have a little print shop, and one of my clients is Dale Carnegie, and I print for their workshops. Okay. They have Small great world. programs. Uh, I highly recommend it for anybody who hasn't taken it. At least read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened was they sent me to this program, Effective Speaking in Human Relations, And I just love this class. It was a 12-week program, and I saw people transform themselves in 12 weeks. And literally, I remember seeing someone who was sitting in the corner, very shy, quiet, uh, sitting by herself, had no interest in talking to anybody, was literally looked afraid to be in the program. By the end of it, this woman was running for city council in New York City. And uh, I was just amazed to, to, to watch the transformations of all these people. And I said, you know, I want to be part of this somehow, some way. And I ended up first becoming a part-time instructor for Dale Carnegie. Now, I, David, I uh, how, sorry to interrupt, David. How old were you at this time? Early 20s. I mean, 25. I was one of the younger Dale Carnegie instructors that they had there. Okay, awesome. Continue. Sorry. I, I was a few years at Hewlett Packard. They sent me to this training and I was, I was just loving it. So I started working as a, first an assistant and then an instructor for Dale Carnegie. And it was a, a once a week thing in the evenings. And after going through this course a few times and teaching it, I just fell in love with this concept. And I, I think it's something that's near and dear, maybe to many of your listeners, that after a formal education, which is typically either high school or college or some vocational program, we can continue to learn and grow our whole lives. And I said, I want to be part of the mission of of helping people do that. Mm. And I was still working corporate America, still in sales and marketing this time, but I was committed that one day, one way I was going to have my own business and help people improve their lives. And fast forward a bunch of years uh, to the mid-90s, and the Internet started to become popular. And you might remember, if you started early, were you on America Online? Did you have AOL in the early days? Well, sort of. It was CompuServe, I think, where you had okay. like a 21-digit yep. number for your email. 
Right. First, CompuServe was one of the competitors to America Online, but that's where people started. And when the internet started becoming popular in the mid-90s, maybe 94, 95, it became so clear to me that the internet was going to be ubiquitous. It was going to take over everything. It was going to be a primary means for communication, for commerce, for everything. And I decided back then I was going to buy this domain name, selfgrowth.com. In 1995, which is... That is visionary, David. Sorry, that is visionary back then. I was in this business back then. So So, uh, emails were barely barely even being used. If you got an email, you couldn't use it because your friend didn't have one yet. Exactly, exactly. It was early on. Uh, if you had a friend on CompuServe, you could probably communicate there. Or if two of you are in America Online, you could communicate through that. But, but outside of that, it was harder to find people and communicate. But it, it was just obvious to me at the time mm. that the Internet was going to be it. People were going to be using this. And I still had this love of self-improvement. So I bought this domain name, selfgrowth.com, and I had this, this true love of learning. And almost a curiosity of, about what are the best things to improve your life? How can, how can a person go about improving their life? So I started to become, the, the best way of describing it, I started to become an aggregator. So what I was really trying to build is a, a single directory is the best way of looking at it, where people could come to selfgrowth.com and find the best websites for goal setting or stress management or healthy eating or nutrition or relationships. And I, I was building this mini directory. And the, the way I was doing it, I was researching through Yahoo at the time, finding the best websites, checking them out and putting them in this nice, organized little directory for people. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is I was doing this part time, so I was still in corporate America doing the the corporate sales and marketing position. And at the time, I just started collecting and aggregating. I was doing it on the weekends and the the evenings, and people started to come. It was like the Field of Dreams movie, Kevin Costner. If you build it, they will come. And it was amazing. I started loving it. I had a little tracker on the website. This is early on, and people usually don't do that anymore. But it was right. saying how many visitors. And I remember the first day, I was like, ooh, 10 people came to visit the site. And then I was like, oh, 30 people, 50 people, 100 people. And I remember we got to the point where there's literally a million people a month that came to our website. So it was, wow. it was phenomenal to watch this growth. And I, I did a few things early on that helped with the business. So it was all well and good to create this directory where people were coming, but I needed to figure out how to monetize this. And this is an important thing for anybody. Anybody who has any kind of business knows that if, if you want to earn an income, you need to figure out a business model behind it. So I was trying to figure out how the best way to do that, and I identified certain products that I was promoting on the website. And then early on, this is also in the 90s, the idea came to me. Mm-hmm. I was thinking one day, I'm sitting here waiting for people to come to my website so I can make money. I'm sitting here waiting. I'm not being particularly proactive about it. I said, wouldn't it be great to have some sort of email list of all the people that were interested in what I was doing? Well, and- you talk about early on, just the concept of you saying that. Many people listening to this who are younger would even say, what do you mean? Email list. You wouldn't have one? <laughs> At the time, in the 90s, no one had an email list. No one was mailing people in the 90s. That wasn't a thing. And I said, let's try this out. And I put a, a little block of text on each of the pages saying, sign up for our free self-improvement newsletter. 
And I started getting subscribers and people were signing up and opting in. And then once a week, I'd be sending them a nice little newsletter. We had some good articles and good content. We could recommend products. And I started building that up. Now we have hundreds of thousands of subscribers that get our material. Mm. So I went from literally that first subscriber, remember that first person signed up, that first visit of the website, uh, to literally... We've had over, and, and this number just astounded me, we, we use Google Analytics to track on, on our website traffic. Have you used Google Analytics for yeah, your for site? Sure. Or? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So Google Analytics, pretty standard tool uh, for people to track what they're doing. And I installed Google Analytics a long time ago, over 10 years ago on the website. And I remember there was a time a few years ago where I looked at the website and it says how many visitors a month. And then you could look at how many unique visitors you'd have over time. Mm-hmm. And according to Google Analytics, we had over 100 million unique visitors since I started the website. Wow. 100 million. So we touched one way, shape, or form 100 million people over the course of creating this. And, and that number just jumped out at me. And it's not something I've done alone. I've had a team that's been helping me build this over the years and have partnered with a lot of people. But th- this whole venture that I started out as a little side hobby I've had the opportunity to touch in one way, shape, or form 100 million people from over 200 countries around the world. So that, to me, was just a marvelous understanding, and, and it's really been something that's impacted me in terms of my perspective and in terms of the impact. Because you want to have a positive impact in the world. I know I do personally. I think most people want to have a positive impact. So for me, this enabled me, selfgrowth.com and this whole venture enabled me to create something that, that provided enough value for people for people to come back over time. And it's, it's just been an amazing journey for me. Well, thank you for that, um, David. And, you know, when you think about it, there's hardly any sites that get that kind of visitation. Of course, somebody might throw out Facebook or LinkedIn. But after that, or Google itself or YouTube, it really gets pretty thin air uh, with those kinds of numbers. What do you attribute your success to? So you got into this, you know, right at the beginning. What are some of the principles that you've embraced that you teach others now as far as success in life that really brought you to this point? There are a few things that helped me create selfgrowth.com and, and build this business. And just a little more of the backstory. I started it part-time, did it as a hobby, built up an income. And it wasn't, I started, I literally bought the domain name in 95, started generating income in 97, and didn't go full-time until 2003. Mm. So if you take a look at the, uh, the timeline, the chronology of this, you saw that this is something that I was committed to, not only short-term, but I was committed long-term. Mm. And I was persistent. And if nothing else, that persistence enabled me to create something where a lot of people might have given up early on and said, well, the money's not there, the time's not there, the effort's not there. And we, we all hear this before. We've all heard this before. Persistence and determination are, are just so critical. Mm. Uh, and there's an old saying that persistence and determination are alone omnipotent. Yeah, there's the power associated with it. 
And there's a lot of people that I, that I look at that have demonstrated this in even bigger ways. I'm a, I'm a big fan of someone. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk mm-hmm. from people in the marketing world. He's very, very popular. He's a, he's a well-known social media marketer. But I remember him doing something. He was doing a video every day, for, day after day after day for mm-hmm. years before it took off. And there's a lot of people. You know, Thomas Edison, we always hear growing up had a, a thousand light bulbs you first successful so be persistent was was clearly an important part of it and what's interesting is a lot of people have asked me you know they said look selfgrowth.com you have 400,000 articles on your website uh, you have 30,000 experts that created profiles on your website are there certain strategies that you've seen that are persistent from people to people to people and from from all these experts. So what I had done at one point is come up with what I'd call the 10 laws of self-improvement. And these were 10 laws or 10 ideals that came up over and over again from many, many experts. And this is independent of it was Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra or Wayne Dyer or Susie Orman or, you know, a wide range of people. They all talked about many of the same things in terms of success, Stephen Covey. And what I'd like to do, if it works for you, Ken, is just take two minutes. I want to quickly run by these, run these by just to get a feel for what these top ones are. And one of the things I'd like to suggest for your listeners, so one is jot them down. If you have a piece of paper and a pen, jot them down. Uh, and I'll go through them slow enough that you can write them down. And while you're writing them down and listening to them, I want you to realize that these are a lot of things that we all know. Uh, this isn't, these aren't necessarily going to be new things. You're not going to get some epiphany that, oh, wow, I never heard that before. But then the the question after you hear them is, yeah, we know these, and why aren't we doing these regularly? Mm. So that becomes the real challenge. We know these things. Why aren't they doing them? So let me just step you through those. And and Ken, uh, give me a thumbs up, uh, a thumbs down, whether you're familiar with them as well. And we'll we'll step everybody through these, what we call these 10 laws of self-improvement. So the the first one in the starting point that a lot of people talk about, and Dr. Phil always talked about this, is it's important to take responsibility. Mm, you need to take agreed. personal responsibility for what area, whatever area of your life you want to succeed in. Absolutely. And that's clearly something that I did with my website, with selfgrowth.com. And the next thing, once you take responsibility, all well and good, but you're going to need to take action. So mm. action's critical. If you're not taking action on anything, it's, it's, it's an idea until there's action taken. That's actually next, Tony's, Tony's number one sort of comment, isn't it? You have to take action on whatever you're doing. Oh, Tony Robbins talks about taking massive action. That's mm-hmm. his big thing. He's a big guy, 6'5", I think. And yeah. he loves to take, he wants everybody to take massive action. And if you look at people who are successful in the world, you know, we look to a lot of our tech heroes, the people, the Jeff Bezos running Amazon, the, the people starting Google, Elon Musk of the world, yeah, they've taken massive action. Mm-hmm. But the, the number three is to take responsibility, take action. And we're all familiar with these. This, this isn't, these aren't necessarily new. The next one is an important one. It's have a strong desire. And for me, this means have a strong emotional attach, uh, attachment to whatever it is you mm-hmm. want to do. If you don't have that strong emotional attach, attachment, it's easier to, to, to get off on some side, some side path. You need this strong desire because it's always going to bring you back to your mission. Well, you, the, you demonstrated that in the beginning of your career, even through Dale Carnegie, that you started to realize that learning was a passion for you, and that's where you linked in your, your own desire. 
Absolutely. And it hasn't left. That, that passion, that desire for learning and growing is as strong now as it ever was. You know, periodically, I'm human like the rest of us. You know, we're all human. You know, there are so many distractions in the world. There are so many mm-hmm. things that are going to pull us off. But the desire will eventually bring you back if it's strong enough or your attachment strong enough. Mm, thank you. And then the, the next two are, are very obvious for anybody who's got any kind of business. You want to set goals is number four, and you need to develop a plan. If you don't have goals, you don't know if you're going to reach it, and if you don't develop a plan, you don't have a way to get there. And a, an interesting thing in the next one is, is you need to be willing to pay the price. You need to be willing to sacrifice. So sometimes that sacrifice means long hours or long commitment, or it means giving up some television time to work on your business or whatever it is that you want. If you want to lose weight, it means giving up those desserts or the ice cream or the milkshakes mm. that you want. But you need to, to be willing to pay the price. Of, and then the, the next one is this uh, persistence. Just one, one second, uh, David, go back. What price did you pay prior to going full-time in 2003? Well, the price I was paying at the time was giving up some of my personal life. Because thank you, I'll, I'll give you a picture of what was going on in my life. So at the time, uh, my wife and I had two children, or married two kids. My wife was pregnant. I was working a full-time job and had this side business. So I didn't have a lot of personal time. So I gave up personal time to devote for this side business. Mm. So that was a big thing. I was willing to give up a lot of personal time. So I didn't have a lot of quote unquote social time with my friends at the time because I was so laser focused that I wanted to have my own business. It was so critical. It was everything for me. I really wanted my own business and I was willing to give up some of the social time in order to do that. So that was a big thing. That's one of the ways that, that I paid the price. Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, I made sure I, you know, you still want to have friends in your life. You still want to have a social time. So I have, I have developed that. Yeah. I have yeah. been completely one-sided and focused on this. But at the time, I, I really was willing to pay that price. But for me, what's interesting is it, it didn't feel like I was paying the price because I was so passionate Mm. about what I was doing. And that's the interesting thing. If your desire is so strong, you're paying the price, but it doesn't feel like you're paying the price. Yeah, I get it. I get and the, it. the next one, number seven we're at right now, be persistent. You know, if you take a look at my persistence, it started 20 plus years ago. It took years. At first, it took a, a while before I even started my web business, got the domain name, and then it took years before I went full time with it. It was something I was persistent with. Mm-hmm. And uh, another critical area is we need to learn from our mistakes. We're going to make mistakes along the way. Things are going to fail. Things aren't going to always work out. And the, the key is really learning from them. And mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in reframing your mistakes. And that might be a, a term that you've talked about in the past or run across. So instead of looking at, at them as mistakes, I tend to look at them as opportunities to learn. So we need to learn from our mistakes. Uh, and then the, the last two are, are very emotional. One is very strong belief. You need to have a belief in yourself and belief in, in what you can accomplish. And the last one is you, you want to visualize or have a mental picture of where you want to be because that mental picture will drive you. So I'll do a, a quick recap for everybody just to get those down. Cause I, these are things that many, many people have been teaching for years. So take responsibility, take action, strong desire, set goals, develop a plan, pay the price, be persistent, learn from your mistakes, strong belief, and, and eventually 
visualize your success. And, and those are some key things that I've learned over the years from many, many experts and, and also watching people who are successful. Mm -hmm. If you look at anybody that Absolutely. we consider successful, the Warren Buffetts of the world, the Bill Gates of the world, the Oprahs of the world, you can see them applying, uh, applying these laws, quote-unquote laws, to their lives. Well, Jeff, I mean, being in Vancouver, Amazon is just south of us in Seattle. And what he went through in the beginning years, I mean, he was mocked as just a loser. He said, this is never going to work. I, now he's the wealthiest man on the planet. Right. Right. Yeah, they said, you're not going to make, you're never going to be profitable. And he wasn't profitable for a very long time. Mm. So this was someone on a mission that was losing money month after month, year after year with his business. But he, he had the vision and he has not let go of the vision. No, he has not. He has and not. We might not have a vision or the ability to do what he's done, but we can each have our own vision of what we want to accomplish. Uh, agreed. Agreed. And, you know, those 10 are foundational, David, for sure. There's no doubt about it as far as um, embracing each one of these as something that's important to us to go to the next level as part of it. Now, you know, when we, we got on air, David, one of the things I want to make sure is that everybody knows how to get a hold of you. We'll still have some, we've got about 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, how can people get a hold of you? And then you said you might have uh, something for the listeners as well. Yes. Yeah, so the best way to get hold of us is first to visit our website. It's self, S-E-L-F, growth.com, selfgrowth.com. And it was kind of a combination at the time of self-help and personal growth. So it's selfgrowth.com. If you want to email, if you want an email, the best way to contact us is to send an email to webmaster at selfgrowth.com. And if you want it forwarded to me, just put in the subject line, please forward to David. And they'll make sure my team will make sure to get it to me. But a good starting point is webmaster at selfgrowth.com. We also have a help on self-growth. And, and our website's really designed for two audiences. One is for consumers who are looking for information on improving everything from health, finances, relationships, spirituality, mental health. So we have a ton of articles, 400,000 articles, experts, a ton of material on that. And my guess is you have a number of people in part of your listening audience who are also experts or authors or coaches and speakers in the personal development, self-improvement or, or health arenas. Uh, for people in that audience, we're always looking for good content. Mm. So if you've written a book, if you have an article that you've written, if you want to post information about yourself, if you have a website you want us to link back to, you can just go to selfgrowth.com, create an account. There's no cost, no investment to create an account, and we'll be happy to publish your information on our site. I'm one of those experts that are on your site, David. There you go can have a profile and a link back to yourself and it's a great way to get out there we do have a, a millions of people every year coming to the site and in addition to the consumers we have a lot of experts that network with each other we have a lot of media that come to our site looking for speakers or looking for people to interview so this it's really a wide range of information all fitting under self-improvement personal development Mm, you know, thank you for that. So give us your website one more time, David. It's uh, www.selfgrowth.com. Okay, awesome. And we'll get to that at the end of the show again. So continuing with our conversation, what have you found the most important things for you to go to this new level that you're at now? And maybe even some of the hardships that you went through that you overcame. So I'll share. I'm going to start by sharing 
some hardships. And then I'll go to some additional ways and tools that I've found over the years that's worked for me. And, and I'll give, I'm going to leave everybody with a suggestion of a, a powerful way to consume. So uh, one of the challenges that a lot of folks have is there's just so many different techniques and so many different modalities in terms of ways to improve their life. Which ones are going to work for you? So I, I want to, mm -hmm. later on when we have a couple minutes, I want to share a way to kind of get the best of the best. But uh, I want to share one hardship that, that was a very, very painful one for me that stopped me dead in my tracks for a while. So mm. I mentioned earlier that I did this email marketing. So I was one of the first people to kind of build this email list. And I, from the beginning, I had two lists. So one of the lists were consumers who were looking to improve different avenues of their life. Mm -hmm. The other list that I built up were people with businesses, authors, experts, coaches, website owners. And those were going to be the people that were contributing content to the site. They were going to be our advertisers. They were going to buy our courses. So I started building up this list and I was building up where I had literally thousands of people, a few, a few thousand people who fit into this uh, area of being either an author, expert, coach, speaker, business owner. So this, is the, this was the business model. These are the people who are going to spend money with me. Mm -hmm. And the way I had at the time, Early on, for those who do email marketing, they didn't have programs like iContact or Constant Contact or AWeber or Infusionsoft. None of these tools were out there at the time. So I needed to use a, something called this, a listserv to email people. So I remember building up carefully, curating and building up this list of several thousand people who were our advertisers and, and the people that we're partnering with. And Every week or so, I'd, I'd send them out some useful information about the website and what we're doing, really to entice them to participate in selfgrowth.com, to advertise with, advertise with us, and to be part of what we're doing. And I remember one particular day, I sent out an email to everybody on the list with new information, and I got back an email that said, David, thanks for the information, really appreciate it. I'm probably not going to do anything right away. And unbeknownst to me, that email somehow not only went to me, but it went out to everybody on the list. So suddenly this one person who sent an email thought it was going to me went out to thousands of people on my email list. So didn't realize it at first until I got a third email. And the third email said, hey, why are you telling me? Uh, information for David. Why am I getting this email? So suddenly that third person's email also went to thousands of people. So suddenly I'm sensing there's a problem here and a big problem. And then there was a fourth email that said, are you guys stupid? Why are you sending this to everybody in the list? These should all be going to David. And then the rhetoric started getting louder. You guys are the biggest idiots I've ever seen. And then I saw email after email. And then the expletives started coming out. And about 12 or 13 emails later, People were cursing up a storm, yelling at me, saying you're the most incompetent person. What kind of business are you, are you running over here where people are getting wow. my emails and you're giving it out? And in that one, it was about a two-hour period that these were going back and forth. In that one two-hour period, I saw that this hopes and dreams of my business kind of dissipate. At that point, I was at the point where I was ready to go. I was ready to go full-time with the business. And that one incident probably set me back a full two years because wow. it, it destroyed relationships I had with thousands of potential advertisers and thousands of potential clients. And I just remembered I was able to shut it down and stop it. 
But I needed to figure out a way to recuperate. It was a painful gut punch for me. It slowed me down. But I had that vision. I had that desire. And I said, you know what? It took me a little while to overcome the anxiety and the pain from it. But I said, let me get back on this horse. Let me run within it. And that was probably one of the biggest hardships that my business survived. And I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here talking about it. So got congratulations, David, for having that story. We've all had that situation where somebody who is maybe not quite as tech savvy sends out all this email to this whole group and they don't blind copy. And all of a sudden you've got like. 50 or 60 people on that email list instead of, well, when you had thousands on the list for that didn't go that way. Right, exactly. And this wasn't an error on our part. It was just, it was a software issue and it was a bug in the system that just started sending it out to everybody. But uh, for me, I need to learn from my mistakes. So the big mistake was trusting technology without testing it. So uh, I've, uh, I've built in a lot of redundancy and tested a lot of stuff and I make sure, I make sure systems work right now. Mm. So that's, that's been a, a critical thing. But what's interesting also in terms of, of ways people learn, I, I realized that these 10 laws that I talked about are important, mm -hmm. but then the challenge becomes, all right, we all know these. Everybody knows you're supposed to take action and responsibility. You know, we've been preached these things since we were told, look, take responsibility, make your bed when I was six years old. You know, we've been learning mm -hmm. these things. So the, the challenge is little tips and techniques along the way that figure and, and help you figure out how to overcome these challenges when you're not doing it and what are different techniques that you can learn along the way in order to overcome these. And uh, I'll give you a, just a simple technique that you might be familiar with that, that I've learned after taking in a, a bunch of different things. And it, it's just one of thousands of techniques. It's a, it's a concept called anchoring. Uh, that's part that's usually taught as part of neurolinguistic programming or NLP, but it's a very simple concept. It goes to kind of behavior modification or, or cognitive behavior modification, and it, it's a simple concept. What you want to do is you want to be able to change an emotional state. Tony Robbins talks about this a lot as well. And there was a time where I started speaking a bit, and I wanted to be able to get a level of confidence when I was speaking. Uh, regardless of, of what was going on with my life. So I was taught this process of anchoring. It's a, it's a very simple process. It's a very simple concept. What you want to do is take something that's on your body, and I'll give you an example of what that is. I, I would rub my fingers together. So it could be pulling your ear. It could be tapping on your knee. You, you want to take something that's kind of physical that you can do. And I use rubbing my fingers, and you want to tie that into an emotional state. So the very simple concept to do this is... When you're doing this, whether you're rubbing your fingers together or tapping, you want to think of some strong emotional memory and tie those together. So I have amazing memories when I was teaching Dale Carnegie, and I felt very confident when I was in front of the class. So what I would do when I developed this anchoring technique, when I, when I implemented it, is I'd rub my fingers together, and then I'd go back and think and feel how I felt when I was teaching this Dale Carnegie course. And if you do this a number of times and you really you rub your fingers together and you get this emotional state, what you can then do is whenever you want to get back to that emotional state, if you rub your fingers together, the memories are going to flood back and you'll get back into that state. And what I found over the, the course of using selfgrowth.com and consuming all this information is there are many different techniques like this anchoring that are available to all of us. But the, the challenge has become picking and choosing the ones that are going to work for you. We have a website, selfgrowth.com, and if you go there, there's over 400,000 articles on it. 
four, literally 400,000 articles. So we needed to figure out an approach to do that. So what we ended up doing is building another website and a product that enables you to really shortcut access to the, the best of the best. And here's the, the brief concept of what we did. We identified the top or the best-selling 365 self-help, self-improvement, personal growth books ever written. So these are books like Seven Habits by Stephen Covey and Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, and the, the list goes on and on. And what we had done is I had my team write a summary of each one of these books. So we put together this product that contains 365 summaries that include the best and most important ideas from 365 of the best-selling self-improvement mm -hmm. personal development books ever written. And we've compiled it. It's back to my, my core business, which was collecting or aggregating. Uh, and now we provide this as a product, as a, a very low-cost product. And right now we're doing a promotion for it. So for folks who want access or, or more details about it, it's a different website. It's called powersummaries.com. So it's a simple word, power, and then summaries, plural, powersummaries.com. And you can take a look when you get there. And right now we're providing access to all 365 of these book summaries at a very low, at a very low investment. And you get full access, lifetime access to these just by going to powersummaries.com. And for me, and why I love this product, I look at self-improvement and the self-improvement journey as a way to go through life. And as you're going through identifying things that work for you to improve your life. Mm. So over the course of your life, every experience gives you an opportunity to learn how you're going to improve your health. What's going to work for you to improve your health? How are you going to improve your finances? How are you going to improve your business? How are you going to reduce your stress? How are you going to become a better friend? How are you going to develop a better reach? How are you going to develop better relationships? And life's about collecting ideas and systems that work for you. And Power Summaries is a way on a, on a regular weekly basis to really get mm. summaries of some of these best techniques. And then you can pick and choose the techniques that are going to work best for you that you want to incorporate into your life. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, David. And when you think about some of the books that you're talking about, I, I suspect most of them are in my library behind me which has got several hundred books lying around there. It's very, very possible. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. And we can do a whole show on books. There's, some of these books have just had amazing impact on me, some on a practical level, some on a spiritual level. In terms of impact, I'm always a strong believer in the power of reading, but we're all very, very busy, and we know it's impossible to read hundreds and hundreds of books. So... This enables you not only to read these books, to gather their ideas, but also to identify the books you want to read in more detail. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that, David. And when you think about, you know, the space we're in this very moment, which is podcasting and how that is growing and how every car on the planet is going to have that podcast button and what that's going to do to us, it's, it's just changing access for sure. Now, David, when we get to the end of our show here, if I'm your son or you're what, uh, a good friend and we've covered all these things already in this 45 minutes and thanks for your action items and your list of 10 items, what parting wisdom would you share with the listeners to kind of go to the next level beyond what you've already shared? What would be the one or two nuggets, the things that say, Ken, just hold on to this like a piece of priceless jewelry because this is going to be 
critical to your success in life going forward? What would that be? One of the challenges for me in the self-improvement marketplace is there's so many things going on. There's so many things that you can do. And even today, I've probably mentioned 10 to 20 different ideas of, of things that people can do to improve their lives and things that I've implemented. So my recommendation is a very simple one. From what I've talked about today, what I want you to do is just take one idea, one idea, and tie that into the most important thing that you want to accomplish. So you need to go through the exercise of prioritizing. We all have a hundred things that we want to accomplish today, tomorrow, this year, and the, and the rest of our lives. Identify what you feel is the most important thing. If there's a number of them that are very important, pick one for now. I want you to identify what the most important thing that you want to accomplish. And one thing I want you to do is I want you to take one action today, one action that will continue moving you along the line to accomplish that one most important thing. And what's interesting, a lot of people are ready to have things they're working on. They might have very important things they're working on. If there's something important that you're already working on, you already know what that is, write down what one thing that you're going to do and then go do that. And if you get nothing else out of today's interview or our conversation today, it's focus on that one thing. Because if you've got too many things you're trying to do, it becomes very difficult to do it. And they always say it, an artist who aims at perfection at everything achieves it at nothing. Mm. So I want you to pick one thing that's near and dear to you, this most important thing, and take one action t item tied to it and, and run with that. That would, be, that would be the one piece of advice that I, whether it's a son, my son or my daughter or a friend, that would be the one piece of advice. What is that one most important thing you want to do? Well, David, man, time has gone so quickly already in our show. Where, where did it go? So thank you for all your wisdom that you shared with us today. You're welcome. Well, SOS listeners, David has left a lot with you. Make sure you go to selfgrowth.com. We're also going to have the other uh, promotional websites in the show notes for you so that if you didn't quite get it, then you'll be able to look at whatever platform you're listening to and we'll have the information there for you. You know, take responsibility, take action. And that action is going to create momentum for you. You know, what do you really desire? What are you connected to? What are your passions? You know, go back through and listen again and again to the 10 items that David had shared with you. Now, as always, we thank you for spending the most valuable commodity that you have, and that's your time with us today. So if you like what we're doing, please share, pass it on, leave some positive comments on whatever platform that you are listening to SOS on. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com. Scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.